Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. It's so exciting to have you here with us today. Coming up on today's show, I'm so thrilled because my good buddy, Phil Steele, he's got the Phil Steele College Football Preview Magazine, the book the experts cannot do without and he's joining us once again here on the program. If you haven't done so already, be sure to follow and subscribe. Locked on Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. Phil, the time is greatly appreciated. The fact that we're talking about football means that the season is right around the corner. How jazzed are you for the year to get here? Oh, it's always a lot more fun when the games are actually being played, JJ. And I got to tell you, it's, uh, you know, most of my radio hits are always about the top 25 teams, top 10 teams. I enjoy talking about a team like Duke in depth, like we're about to. Yeah, no, it's always fun, and I enjoyed our conversation that we had over the last few years talking about the Duke Blue Devils football program. It's a big change in that athletic department. Obviously, you think Duke University Athletics, the men's basketball program, is what comes to mind first, and Mike Krzyzewski walks away after 42 years being the head coach. But also what just happened was David Cutcliffe, his time as the Duke football head coach came to a close after 14 seasons leading the program. How should Duke fans and really the rest of the ACC how should they remember the David Cutcliffe era for Duke football uh, exceptional. You look at the situation he stepped into, and Duke was an automatic pick for the basement every single year prior to Coach Cutcliffe taking, Cutcliffe taking over. I think one bowl game in seven years would have been phenomenal for Duke or great news. And he goes and gets him to six bowl games in seven years. I can't even imagine that happening. Uh, so I thought that, that Coach Cutcliffe did a phenomenal job at Duke in his time there. And uh, uh, six bowl games in seven years is just outstanding. You talk about what Duke was able to do last year, and obviously experience is is something that Duke did not have much of, and uh, quarterbacks is obviously so important. When you look back at the 2021 Duke football team, how would you summarize it? You know, it was a great start to the year. They opened up 3-1. and one. I thought they dominated Northwestern, especially if you watch the first half of that game. They dominated Kansas. Had a tough loss to Charlotte. Could easily have been 4-0. and oh. And uh, then I, I think the season probably hinged on that Georgia Tech game, a close loss midseason. And then all of a sudden uh, it seemed like the wheels came off. Uh, once again, you know, the defense collapsed each of the previous couple of years, and it collapsed again last year down the stretch, giving up over 40 points per game each of the last six and uh it was a, a season of promise that uh, turned turned bad taking a look at this team you've got the new coaching staff coming in and coach elko plenty of experience as a defensive coordinator most recently at texas a&m there with jimbo fisher tell me a little bit about coach elko what do you like about this hire for the duke football program Oh, I tell you what, talking to Coach Elko and going over the team with him, this is a guy that uh, he's not just taking over a job to take over a job. He's taking over a job to get Duke turned around. And, you know, he was part of that Wake Forest renaissance that they had, and yeah. he wants the same type of thing. Uh, you know, Wake Forest got them to the ACC title game recently, and he's been a defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. He's been a defensive coordinator at Texas A&M. He knows the quality programs, and uh, I think if he, he comes in, I, I think he can do a good job. Now, 
this first year with Duke sure looks like a rebuilding year to me. But there are a couple of areas. You know, when I was talking to Coach Elko and going over the offensive line with him, he feels they have a legitimate ACC offensive line that they run seven to eight deep. Well, if you're strong at the line of scrimmage, you can win some games. And they've got a, a, a linebacker. Frankly, I didn't think he'd be back this year. And Shaka Hayward, you know, Hayward's a guy that uh, has been the star linebacker. And him coming back, I think, really helps out that defense as well. Yeah, excited to see what Shaka can do another season. Number 42 for the Duke Blue Devils for this upcoming year. And you mentioned that offensive line, how successful they could be. It's an offensive line last year that opened up a number of holes for Mateo Durant, who had the single-season record for rushing yards in a year. You talk Duke football in 2021. Mateo Durant is the name to kind of talk about with that team. He's not back this year, though, Phil. So uh, first, what Mateo Durant was able to accomplish last season, and then Secondly, how does Duke move forward? Yeah, I thought Mateo Durant did a phenomenal job because if you're a defensive coordinator and you're lining up Duke, you're not getting fear struck in your heart by the passing game. I mean, let's face it, Duke's quarterbacks last year, Gunnar Holmberg, seven touchdown passes, just eight interceptions. So what's your key coming in to each and every game? It's let's stop Durant. And Durant rushed for 1,241 yards, 4.9 yards per carry last year, and then added another 27 receptions uh, out of the backfield, even though teams were absolutely keying on him. That is a massive loss for Duke this year. Now, you look at the running back core this year, somebody's got to step to the forefront. They've got Terry Moore coming in, the true freshman. Uh, He's a guy that uh, might just make the biggest climb this year. He's really athletic, put on 17 pounds, uh, had a touchdown in the spring game. Uh, Jacques Moore is a guy that, even with Durant getting the bulk of the carries last year, sort of came on in the second half of the spring this year, and uh, he's got fairly good talent. So, I mean, the the talent's there. I honestly, though, J.J., don't think we're going to see a Mateo Durant emerge from this group this year. And so hopefully that means that you could take a step forward in the passing game, and Duke's got a couple of younger quarterbacks that they would like to see step up. A quarterback battle with Riley Leonard and then Jordan Moore, more of the running style uh, QB out there for Elko's squad going into the season. So looking at that quarterback position, how can the uh, Blue Devils improve this year? Yeah, and I, I think uh, whoever wins the job has definitely the potential to improve last year's passing stats. You look at Jordan Moore, he's an electric athlete. He can throw uh, needs to get a little bit better command of the offense, but a dangerous runner, and uh, he just needs to work on that passing ability. And then, as you pointed out, Riley Leonard, he's got good arm strength. He's got the size you want in a quarterback at 6'4", 205, still developing his feet. He's got some athleticism. He can run the football. A very bright future. I just think uh, this year maybe you go with more, but I think it's going to be uh, a, a decent situation for Duke, and I do think they have improved passing stats this year. Let's take a look at that wide receiver room for the Blue Devils as well because Jalen Calhoun is a big name coming back. Duke's top guy last year, Jake Bobo, earned his Duke University degree and decided uh, to go play for UCLA for this upcoming season. So uh, quarterback's got to find somebody to throw the football to. Tell me about that wideout spot. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, talking to UCLA, they are more than thrilled to get Jake Bobo. So that's a big, <laughs> I can imagine, a big yeah. loss. Yeah, that is a big, big loss for Duke this year. But having a guy like uh, Calhoun back, I mean, this guy can play slot. He can play outside. 
Uh, he's the most dynamic of the receivers, the most experienced. He's got the most production. And uh, so I, I think he's going to be fun to watch this year. Now, filling in, and who's going to fill that large void of uh, Jake Bobo this year? I think Daryl Harding has a chance. He's got prototypical size. Uh, he's r- really good going up and getting those contested catches. Uh, probably has to get out of the press a little bit better, but you got to like 6'4", 225. And then how about uh, Hagens? Hagens is a guy that's electric, shifty, probably had the best spring of the wideouts. And uh, he's a redshirt freshman that last year got in his four games as a true frosh, and I think this year could really emerge as, as one of those playmakers. Definitely gives them the speed that they want a receiver. Today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're back here on Locked On Blue Devils and talking with Phil Steele about the upcoming college football season for the Duke Blue Devils, taking a look at his magazine, the College Football Preview, the most accurate magazine over the last 27 years. Mike Elko is the new coach, and he is a defensive guy. You know that, and you know that he loves talking about his defensive unit. What do you see at the Blue Devils on the defensive side of the football? Well, unfortunately, he didn't inherit Texas A&M's defense, which he's <laughs> led the last couple of years. But uh, I think there is there is some potential there defensively. And you know, as mentioned, I think this Duke defense, when you look at it, they really got worn down as the season went on. And those final three, four games have been atrocious the last couple of years. On the season last year, they gave up 517 yards per game. But uh, I think there is talent. You look at Dwayne Carter up front on the defensive line. He's six three, three hundred pounds. Uh, he's the best defensive lineman that uh, Duke has. He's a guy that can play three technique, but also get some pass rush out of there and can hold up against the run. He's the one that has to be the guy up front. If he can do that, then they get a guy like Jamie and Franklin to plug in at the nose guard spot. He's somebody that Elko recruited at Notre Dame. He's got some power, some explosion. So there's potential there, but uh, you know, the, to maybe be an average defensive line. Then you look at that linebacking core. As I mentioned, Shaka Hayward's a guy that you got to hang your hat on right there. And then uh, Mousy's another guy that I think can emerge at the linebacker spot. The secondary got wiped out by graduation. Everybody's gone. They bring in a guy like Jordan Morant for the transfer from Michigan. And let's face it, Mike Elko knows defenses. So it's an inexperienced defense. They lose a lot from last year. They weren't very good last year. But I actually think we'll see improvement, even though they have very few returning starters from a poor defense. I think Elko will get the most out of this unit. And uh, uh, so that's, uh, that's that my outlook on the defense. Perhaps they can be a little bit below average this year. Taking a look at Duke getting ready for this upcoming season. Again, taking a look at where they 
position themselves in the mix of the ACC conference. If you're holding a copy of Phil Steele's magazine like I am here today, page 110, what's going to jump out to you when you look at the ACC unit rankings is that the Duke Blue Devils, according to you, Phil, have the number one special teams unit in the conference. Why is that? Yeah, and you look at Duke through the years, and Coach Cuckliffe will always say, you know, you win two to three games with special teams, and that's how they got to six bowls in seven years, was exceptional special teams. Starts with the punter, Porter Wilson. He's got a really big leg. Uh, he had a 40.2 net last year, only three touchbacks all season, which I like. I look at that, and uh, it's his fourth year as a punter. I think he'll have his best year this year. And then another guy with a big leg is kicker Charlie Ham, and, and Charlie Ham's a guy that last year hit 14 to 20 field goals, had a long of 50. He's added 20 pounds. He's got a stronger leg. Uh, and you remember back in 2020, he had 13 of 15 field goals, so he can get that accuracy portion of it. And then Jalen Stinson is a kick returner that averaged 24.1. And I think Coach Elko knows he's going to have to to win some games this year. The special teams are going to have to be strong, and he inherits a pretty good group. Tell me how we can assess this Duke football schedule. We mentioned the strong start they got off to in 2021 in the non-conference, playing a few similar opponents there, and then they jump into their ACC portion of the schedule. So how do you assess that schedule for Mike Elko's bunch? Yeah, and if you want to put on your blue shaded glasses, which I love to do, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, if you want to do that, you would say Duke's got a chance in each of their first five games this year. I mean, Temple's a game they'll definitely be favored in. Uh, Northwestern's a team they dominated last year. Uh, Now they do have to play Northwestern on the road. They will be an underdog, but Duke's got to feel pretty confident coming into that after the way they played last year. North Carolina A&T definitely a winnable game at Kansas. I think Kansas is much better than last year's squad. But you got to give Duke a shot there. And then Virginia at home. You know, the thing I like here is we talked about Duke's offensive line a little bit earlier. Virginia loses all five starting offensive linemen, and that's an early road game for them. That's generally when offensive lines struggle. So I think Duke's got a shot at all five games. I'm not saying they're going to win all five. I don't have them favored in all five. But if you're putting on your blue glasses and you're thinking Duke football, you get out to that good start this year. And then Georgia Tech is another winnable game there in game six. So Make your hay in the first six games of the year. And if that happens, this inexperienced team with just 11 returning starters will be playing with a lot of confidence under a new head coach. The buy-in will be strong, and Duke would have a chance to make some noise in the second half of the season where the schedule gets much tougher. Blue shaded glasses are something that we absolutely love, but if it's that lighter shade of blue, Phil, we start to get a little bit upset. So uh, looking at the team down the road there in Chapel Hill, just eight miles away, what are the Tar Heels looking like as we get set for this upcoming year? I tell you what, their their defensive line sure looks good getting off the bus, doesn't it? They've got some athletes up front on that defense, and and I think if you were doing a pick 'em game, you would be picking all these North Carolina defensive linemen. Coach Brown told me though, uh, these guys look pretty, but now they got to play that way. So I, I think that is going to be the key for them this year. That and quarterback, you know, they lose a pretty good quarterback in Sam Howell at no a twenty four nine ratio last year. Uh, they've got some candidates. Drake May, Jacoby Griswell, Connor Harrell all have the chances. Uh, the offensive line is they're much stronger in the middle this year. They get a Miami transfer in Corey Gaynor. Uh, they bring in a Harvard transfer at 
tackle and Spencer Rowland. And FCS transfers do extremely well coming in. They've got Josh Downs back at wide receiver. Remember last year they had to place a couple of thousand-yard receivers. This year they got their top two guys back. Last year they had to place a couple of thousand-yard backs. Hey, this year they only have to place 1,000-yard backs. So I think North Carolina will be improved. I don't list them as a, a clear-cut contender in the Coastal. I've got it coming down to Miami, of Florida, and Pitt. But if the quarterback emerges and the defensive line plays like they look, then North Carolina is going to make some noise this year. Anytime Duke has the opportunity to paint that victory bell, the right shade of blue against North Carolina, they're absolutely going to love it. Uh, it might be a tough test for Duke going into the season. Looking at that Coastal Division, though, who are going to be the teams towards the bottom with Duke that they would have a chance to possibly uh, jump a spot or two? Yeah, and Georgia Tech suffered a big loss with Jameer Gibbs going to Alabama. He was a guy that last year had 746 yards rushing and an almost 500 yards receiving. That's a big loss there. Uh, they've got question marks. They lost some transfers. They've got a rebuild offensive line. Uh, and Jeff Collins, clearly one of those coaches on the hot seat. They're number 120 on my experience chart. And then, as I mentioned, you know, Virginia's got the skilled players. You've got to love Brennan Armstrong. You've got to love the receiving core, which I rate number three in the country. Uh, running backs have potential, but replacing all five offensive linemen, that is a concern for me. Plus, much like Duke, Virginia didn't have an overwhelming defense last year. They gave up 466 yards per game, 31.8 points per game, and that defense uh, only has six starters back. So probably defensively average at best, offensive line, question marks. And even Virginia Tech, I think Virginia Tech will be stronger under Brett Pye, Pye but their, their question marks come at quarterback. Who's going to take the job? Grant Wells, to me, was an average at Marshall last year. Jason Brown was average at South Carolina. They don't have the skilled players that the others do, but they do have a strong defense, and, and I think that's going to make them a threat. But I think all those teams, you know, uh, if you're Duke and you're hoping for wins, uh, I think all of those have the potential. And, and Duke gets Virginia Tech at home uh, this year as well. We're wrapping up our time here today with Phil Steele. Again, make sure you check out the College Football Preview Magazine, the book the experts cannot do without. As we look at the ACC as a whole, and we kind of flip over towards that Atlantic division, the big question Duke and the rest of the league want to know is, is Clemson going to bounce back? What do the Tigers look like? Or are they your pick to win the ACC this year, Phil? Yeah, they are, J.J. And, you know, to, to point some out, this year I talked to 120 of the 131 head coaches. And last year when I talked to the head coaches, they almost all had the same thing. About 90% of them said, Phil, this is the deepest team I have ever had in the spring. We were able to go three deep uh, because everybody had everybody back because of COVID. I had to redo my experience chart. Uh, every team had 17, 18, 19, 20 returning starters coming back. Now, who didn't? Well, it was the big boys, Clemson. Well, Clemson didn't even make the ACC title game, heck, uh, and didn't win the ACC. Ohio State, Ohio State didn't even make the Big Ten title game. Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma didn't even make the Big 12 title game. Alabama, you know, Alabama lost A&M. Uh, barely got past Florida, needed a two-point conversion stop. They barely got past LSU, should have lost to Auburn. They, uh, they needed a late touchdown and four overtimes to win that, or else they wouldn't have made the playoff last year. So the big boys struggled. Well, guess what? This year everybody's back on the same playing field. A team like Clemson has got uh, 15 returning starters this year, and that's more than a lot of the teams in the ACC. Their key is going to be quarterback play. DJ Uyunglele is back. He's dropped 20 to 25 pounds. Uh, 
Uh, he also worked on getting the ball out of his hands quicker in the spring. And Coach Streeter, offense coordinator Coach Streeter, told me that uh, he feels he'll be back to his 2020 form when he looks so dynamic playing against Boston College and Notre Dame. If he's not, they've got Kate Klubnik behind him, who's my number one quarterback out of high school and looked great in the spring. The offensive line's improved. They've got the best defensive line in the country. In fact, they have my number two defense overall in the country this year. And the toughest game out of the Atlantic is NC State. Now, NC State last year was a veteran squad with everybody back. Clemson played them on the road and lost that thing in two overtimes. This year, they get NC State at home and with playing with revenge in Death Valley. I think Clemson returns to form and wins the ACC this year. Tell me what's your favorite part about doing this magazine. You've been doing it for 27 years now. What's your favorite part? Uh, no doubt for me, it's talking to the head coaches. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I average probably an hour for every single call. Oh, wow. I don't think a lot of people get that kind of access with the head coaches. And uh, I tell you what, we're cut from the same cloth. So, I mean, we're, uh, I really enjoy talking to the coaches. And these guys are, are all the, the type of folks I like to talk to. Whether people are driving in the Outer Banks or the Charlotte area, maybe Asheville, North Carolina, they're in the mountains or they're in the Raleigh-Durham, Chapel Hill area in the state of North Carolina, Phil, where can folks pick up a copy of this magazine? Yeah, I appreciate that, J.J. You know, we had to do the magazine in two runs this year. The first run went exclusively to Barnes & Noble, and that's your best bet. Barnes & Noble has the magazine. Make sure you go there and check it out. But it is hitting all the other places right now, places like Books A Million, uh, Walmart, Walgreens, Kroger's, things like that will have the magazine. But I guarantee, if you haven't seen the magazine, 352 pages, open up a copy, and once you get this information in your hands, you will need this magazine each and every year uh, from now on. But uh, compare it to every other magazine on that newsstand, and you will get the Phil Steele 2022 College Football Preview. That's Phil Steele joining us here on today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils. Thanks for the time today, Phil. This was a lot of fun. Hey, a lot of fun as always, J.J. We've been doing this together for quite some time and look forward to doing it for many years in the future. That's right. Thanks so much. That's Phil Steele joining us here on the program. How awesome was that? Always fun to talk about college football. And again, it is what a lot of media folks call their college football Bible. It's the book the experts cannot do without. Phil Steele's College Football 2022 Preview. The most accurate magazine over the last 27 years. You've got 352 pages to look through. And he's excited about what Mike Elko could be building for our Duke Blue Devils. Our thanks again to Phil Steele for joining us on today's show. All right, please be sure to follow and subscribe to Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you so much for doing that. Press the subscribe button as we continue to grow on the YouTube platform. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.